Hey, it's Heidi Dawson, and this is Wednesday Wisdom, where I interview wildly successful people from across the world, where we get an inside view into what their daily life looks like. Success leaves clues, and on Wednesdays, we're finding them. Join me now for the latest wildly successful interview. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Wildly Successful Lifestyle Podcast. It's Wednesday Wisdom, and today I have the fabulous Toby Fairley. She is a powerhouse entrepreneur who has built two super, super successful million-dollar businesses. She's also a podcaster, a designer, a life coach, and she happens to be really, really good at all of it. (laughs) So I'm so excited to introduce you to Toby Fairley. Hi, Toby. Hey there. Thank you. (laughs) Thank Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I really was hoping that I could get you on for episode 50 because I felt like this really needed to be special. But then I thought, you know what? 50 fell on a monologue. So on a Monday. So I was like, you know what? Just the episode with Toby is going to be special. So I don't really have to worry about that. So, um, okay, good. So I have 10 questions, you know, I, we do it sort of speed round. And the first question I'm asking you is one that I ask everyone because I love to hear it, especially yep. with you get, you seem to accomplish huge amounts every single day because I follow you and I follow the design you and you're doing so much. Do you, so do you start your day with a regular morning routine and do you mind sharing that with us? So this is really good. So before we started, we were chatting about how I'm in like this super deep kind of rebirth or like excavation period right now. Right. What my morning routine looks like right now is what I call, well, kind of my life in general is what I'm calling radical self-love. And what that means is listening to my heart, my body, my head, all of it, and doing whatever it tells me to, which feels very foreign to me. Because for years I've tried to um, check the boxes and do the things and the, the really successful people do all this stuff. And I noticed I was really feeling kind of resentful and angry about that stuff. And like I felt several years ago when I moved my studio home and I kept saying to myself, I would, I would pay someone a thousand dollars right now if I could just work from home. I kind of had that same experience with the morning routine. And I was like, I would pay somebody a thousand dollars if I could just sit here another 45 minutes if I feel like it and drink coffee and write in my journal because something's flowing out of me. And so that's exactly what I'm doing. And it is incredible. It's like this, um, it's a totally different level of trust and surrender that I've ever had. Like the work is, I, I know it's a speed round and my answers are not speedy, but. No, it's work, fine. I want to hear all of it. And yeah, so the, work, <laughs> the work is like this deep inner knowing instead of looking outside myself for the answers. And that doesn't mean I'm not reading other people and listening to other things at all. I am, but I think it's taking in things and then still knowing that I'm the only person who really knows what I need and trusting that to be the truth. And it is, it's, it's indulgent and glorious and effective and, and just, wow. Kind I, of love that. I got goosebumps when you said that, because I, I truly have, I have always, one of the things that really it's my work for with the vortex and um, Esther Hicks that uh-huh. has really helped me believe that 
we're our inner guidance system is so strong and if we could connect with it and it's really hard to connect with that sometimes because we have been so labeled and you know our whole life is filled with labels and we label ourselves and we have these must do's and can't do's and will do's or should do's and and we have an inner guidance system and you're following that and I love I love that so much because you're such a you, you are have always been such a ah I you know, I don't know. I talk about force in nature with you because you really are. You do a lot and you're so successful every time you do something. Yeah. The thing I'm noticing, I think that's really important to be said here. What the work actually is probably if I had to describe it is like a, um, I've, I have, I mean, force of nature is an appropriate word because for years I felt like I was forcing Uh, And I, I mean, I'm powerful. I can get a lot out of forcing, but forcing is draining and unsustainable and it has a high cost. And so the shift I've actually made is out of my head and into my body. Wow. And it is, I mean, it gives me chills to say that. Not that I'm not, that I'm there yet. Honestly, this, I mean, I have been so in my head for so many years. It will be probably the rest of my life's work. (laughs) <laughs> to learn to really stay in my body, be contemplative, be, you know, that whole le- listening and that trust. Um, but I know it's exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. And uh, it is, it that's is powerful in itself yeah. is yeah. to know that I write that in my journal every day. Um, and, and one of the questions that I ask you, I'm sure will be so fun because it's re- exactly what we're talking about. But I like to write that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be and there's no rush. There's nothing wrong, you know, there's, and, and everything's working out in my favor and it may not, even though it may not look like it at the moment, it is, you know, and just to know that just when I write it, there's a sense of calm that comes over me because sometimes, you know, we are high achievers and as high achievers, oftentimes we think that we should be doing something when, you know, if we're sitting journaling or meditating, I used to think, Oh, I got to get this done so that I, I can get my work done, but right. I don't do that anymore. I think we're kind of equal. I think we're going through this thing at the same time, Toby, which is so interesting to me. Well, it's so, a shift from scarcity to abundance. And anytime it's not enoughness, not enough time I'm behind, I'm in a hurry. Like that's, that's scarcity. And anytime you're coming from that, a place of abundance, um, it is, there's plenty of time. I'm right on time. I'm right where I need to be. And something that really resonates with me is something that Byron Katie talks about, which is arguing with reality Okay. and how anytime we argue with reality, we create suffering. And so anytime we're arguing with the reality of where we are right now, we create suffering, right? Because even if we're telling ourselves, I'm not supposed to be right here, this is not supposed to be happening and I'm behind that is arguing with reality. Like the reason we know those things aren't true is because what's happening is happening, right? And so when we, when we argue with what is, we create so much suffering. Unnecessarily. Um, Yes. Yeah. I want, I want to repeat that, that you said, Byron Katie said, arguing with that, with reality creates suffering. Okay. Yeah. So, so if you really think about that is so true because we, if we just go with what is and Mm -hmm. recognize that whatever is going on, you know, there's something good that's going to come from that. And there's some growth. 
is coming from it. Like almost yeah. not even like, cause our brain wants to say, well, I don't like right now, but I'll wait and see. Surely there's a silver lining. And I think it's more about questioning, questioning what is good about right now, because there's okay. always like that. so much yeah. good in the now, right? So this That's is kind a of a thought, Toby. I yeah. like that a lot. What is what is good about right now instead of what's gonna come good what yeah because that's still kind of like um indirectly arguing right it's like well (laughs) i mean i know it doesn't feel good but surely (laughs) something's gonna come out of this that will i'm just gonna choose to believe something positive instead of going no like it absolutely like in every moment like to me if nothing else what's good about right now is I can't get to my future version of me unless I go through my current version of me. And so if now's not happening, then what it, nothing else can happen. So that is yeah. beautiful in and of itself. Right. So good. It's so good. And we're only on question one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're short. This is going to be the longest podcast. This is going to be two part one. I may have to two. do one on Wednesday and the extension on Friday. We'll, we'll just see. We'll have a Friday something. Uh, okay. So, um, mindset is something that obviously we both love to talk about and yes. you talk about it a lot and you work with a lot of creatives. Yes. I am a creative. We have worked together. You helped me yes. so much when, when yes. we worked together for a very long time and we still, I still work with you because I follow yes. you and, you know, do a lot of the things you suggest. So oh, we're not done. Sister. Oh no, no, no ma'am. We are not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we ever will be. I think we're intertwined. So is there a common mindset that you have found that creatives have to work around to be successful in business? Yeah, I think it's just, well, for one thing, it's just a, it's kind of what we were just talking about. Uh, But what I would really, I mean, it's this sort of epidemic level of negative self-talk, but I think the main one is the not enoughness. Yeah. No matter what it is, not like, and that comes, you know, that's part of the comparison game and the, the things we've been culturally and socially, like I, I call it brainwashed. Um, that's a little extreme. You can call it indoctrinated. You can call it taught. For me, I love to be a little more provocative in my language because it gets my attention. So for me, it's brainwashed, but it's just this whole thing that leads to the proving and the striving and the, it's all built out of scarcity. And it's just generally not enoughness, not thin enough, not smart enough, not far enough along as we were just saying like all of the not enoughness and it is i mean it's honestly life's work just to to that that one thing could be your entire life's work although you do make progress on it all the time you can um but i just one of the ones i hear so often like you were just saying especially when i start working with people for a moment they're like oh my gosh this is amazing thank you I was like, I didn't know. And now I know. And it's like, you took the blinders off. And then like the very next step is I'm so far behind and there's so much to do. Right. And it is this instant again, shift into carrying that negative mindset right into whatever the next version of us is instead of doing the work on it. So what's so scary is we have, I mean, we all have it. So it's not, it's universal and it's just how you maintain, like how you manage it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you don't realize until you really do thought work that you have that many negative thoughts. 
Right. You know, you don't realize because they're back here in that little. And you think they're the truth. Like you're, you're believing your own thoughts is the biggest problem, right? Like we're telling them and we're like, absolutely. Yes, that is so true. I am so behind. Let me go search for some evidence to see how behind I am. Oop. Yep. I'm behind her. I'm behind her. I'm behind her. Like confirmation bias, 100%. I'm absolutely behind, right? That's the worst. Comparison is the worst. Like we don't, you know, it's, that is the recipe for absolute, I think a lot of people's depression is, yeah. you know, comparison with other people. And, and we believe it. We believe our own thoughts. When we, we look at her, him, her, um, especially it's terror. I mean, women, we're so adept at this. Yes. We're so good at it. Like we have, we, are. we, are, we excel. it is a skill set that we need to unlearn truly. Um, and we're, you know, honestly, we, we see it and we believe it and we go into these thought spirals, believe, not having a clue that thinking those things are completely optional to us yeah. and always have been. So the, there was a, there was a question we, we were talking about how I have always thought that you're such a force of nature and it's, you have a combination of work ethic business smart smarts, but also creativity. Cause you had, you almost seem to be like that balance of 50, 50. So you've got these two different successful businesses you've built. Is there one thing that you can think of? And I know that's really difficult to corner. Mm-hmm. Is there one thing that you can think of that would have contributed to the success of your businesses? I think the, um, yeah, gosh, I mean, honestly, I can think of five things. Okay. Um, they all kind of <laughs> roll in together, but if I had to pick just one, like the absolute number one, um, and it's all part of, of like all, everything that I'm going to say all rolls in together, but it would be that I, I learned to see failure as feedback. Yeah. Or That's what the world for me well. failure, Yeah. Right. Like uh-huh. to me, that is the biggest one. Yeah. Um, because and prior to learning that, there was a lot of feast or famine money, feast or famine thinking, burnout, um, like going all or nothing. Like it's all of that stuff that's really like binary thinking, good, bad thinking, either or thinking. Right. Um, and when I was able to learn that all the little steps that we're choosing to believe our failures yeah are really just the feedback that get us to the place we want to go and so we quit all the time because we're like no i hate that it's not what i wanted failure quit and then we then we stay in the quit place for a while until we realize our heart still wants the thing and then we start all over again and it is exhausting yeah and so when i truly cultivated the understanding and the mindset that literally everything is feedback and to notice that whatever um arbitrary success marker i was picking out of the air to then sort of punch myself in the face with yep it's also optional right and that's how i knew it was just feedback because when i realized i was like oh we wanted to have this launch and we wanted to make you know twenty thousand dollars and we made five where did 20 come from i just picked it out of the air and I, and then chose to believe that like it was possible, doable. And that if I didn't hit that, then I was unworthy and, and a failure. And I started to realize, no, I mean, it's fine to pick the goal, 
but just hold on to it loosely, yeah. especially if you've never done something before. Or if you're don't tell your, I'm, li I'm listening going, you launched and you made $5,000. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, well, and it could have right? been 500 or it could have been zero. Yeah. What a lot of my members are struggling with at times is they launch and they hit zero. Right. And to me, that's the most beautiful number to hit in the world. Because when you hit zero, you have to do the personal work yeah. that we're talking about and mm -hmm. see what am I making that mean about me? How willing am I to keep, to keep going? Am how, I considering how this? How passionate value? am I about this that I'm going to keep going regardless of, regardless that only two people liked it or only two people listened or only two yeah. people, you know, or maybe even one. And then questioning and why I thought we were, that kind of goes back to the arguing with reality, questioning why I thought more than two people were supposed to listen the first right. time. Maybe those two people are the ones that were supposed to hear it. That's that, you know, that's the one thing that I think you and I've talked a lot about that mindset work. Cause I had a lot to do <laughs> a lot of mindset work. We all do. Yeah, we all do. You're right. Right. So I think that, you know, even if you just say that one person, you know, if I change their life, that one person, then, yeah. then that's it. That's good. That's a, that's yeah, and that's, not arguing with reality and finding the beauty in the right now is being open to say, you know, my goal is 20K, but if zero join, then I just got really good at giving a webinar and a launch. And I'm really good with that. That is enough. Like that's coming from that abundance place instead of scarcity. Like it is enough. It's really important to this process and it'll make me better the next time and the time after that. And I'm absolutely certain we will hit the 20 and 10X the 20 because I'm not. I'm not attached to the 20, right? I'm just attached to the process and to doing the work Yeah, to doing uh, the work. And that's, that's the thing. I think that the one thing we all have to remember is you do have to put the work in. And sometimes it takes a lot of, you know, things you think are failures and you've got to get past that. The, right. the most successful people fail the most, you know, and, right. and that's, that is where we have to, to look at it and go, okay, that, that was a failure. What did I learn? It wasn't a failure unless you don't learn. Right. What was that? What is that? Say? Yeah. The only failure, is, I mean, there's kind of two options of failure, maybe, maybe three and they're all the same thing. Either I did it and didn't learn anything Yes. I did it and I quit yes. or I didn't do it because I was afraid of failure. But any of those is, is those are the only ways that you can right. actually fail in my opinion. I love that. Yep. So true. I'm, I'm jumping around my questions because totally I've like gotten thought, you know, I feel like some of these, as we talk, I'm like, Oh, I don't even like that question anymore. So oh, well, I thought uh, they were all great. So, well, okay. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll get to them. But, um, so, you and you, we know this because we've worked together. I am extremely goal oriented. Yes. There's also a side of me that's very much in the agreement with I'm exactly where I should be and it's all working as it should. So sometimes I feel like what, what, um, efforting, you know, that word efforting, uh, that I'm, I'm not as productive when I try to effort. Whereas if I just kind of let it go with the flow, how would you coach that? Like where you, you really want to have goals, but you also have someone like me who's like, well, but I think, you know, I don't feel like doing that right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, feel, don't feel like can get in the way for sure. Um, so that's another topic we can cover if we want to, but like on, on the goal thing specifically, I think it's, I think it's important to have a goal if for no other reason for you to do the work of making some decisions about what you really want. 
because I think that we aren't very good at admitting the truth about what we really want. Um, and okay. so very good point, right? Yeah. So doing yeah. the goal work of having to pick something or a handful of things and learn to constrain it, it causes us in the, in the process of doing that work to make some decisions. Um, and, and over time, if you keep having goals that you're not hitting, it causes you to do a deeper level of that work to notice, oh, I was picking goals that weren't what I really wanted. They were what somebody else wanted or what the world thought of me. Okay. So there's a lot of beauty in goals. And if you don't know at least sort of where you're going, how could you ever get there? Okay. So there's that, um, which is really important. But I think to me, the biggest differentiator of goals as a positive or a negative is back to that concept of is of the motivation behind it and if it's really coming from scarcity or abundance right and i think so many people create goals out of scarcity so and tell I, the difference between that like what is a goal from scarcity as opposed am i putting you on the spot as opposed no to i was going to tell you the biggest, oh, the okay. biggest differentiator the way to know is if you're in a hurry or if you think you've got plenty of time okay. so if you're in a hurry that goal is coming from scarcity yeah. and not enoughness. And yeah. so many people are like, I've got to lose weight right now. I've got to make money right now. I'm about to go out of business. I'm about to embarrass myself. I can't possibly show up to that um, high school reunion. I can't spend another day in this misery. Um, all of that, it's coming from a lot of um, fear. Okay. A lot yeah. of fear based. Like if you're looking at a lot of fear based goal setting, um, and being in a hurry and having all these deadlines, it is coming from scarcity. And the interesting thing is it, it backfires on you because those are the ones that we rarely actually achieve. Right. And when we're setting goals from abundance, it's the opposite. It's more to me. So I think of it of like scarcity is like proving, proving our worth okay. goals that prove our worth come from scarcity and goals about what's possible really are from a place of abundance. And so the flip side of in a hurry is there's plenty of time. So and that's we're right on time, right? Hits a nerve sort of, because for me, like I think I still, and you know, a lot of my goals are from abundance. I feel, but I feel like I'm still doing, you know, you know, that feeling yeah. that a goal and you have like a feeling like, Oh my gosh, you know, like, like, just like you said, it's, I'm rushing. I am behind on this. Yes. It's a scarcity goal. So, that that helps a lot and i think a lot of people feel that way because just don't set those goals then because those are the ones or reframe it right so right. For when, when people are like i've got to do this i, I can't afford not to I'm, I'm about to go out of business or whatever and and we can look at how that actually shuts us down because you can't take positive action from a negative place from a that obligation and fear like you absolutely it's not even possible to achieve that goal. So yeah. you're going to be tricking yourself and you're going to be frustrated, really frustrated right. with the outcome. And so when you can say, okay, let me take a step back. What, what, why am I telling myself all these things? Yeah. These kind of, I call, again, I love to be provocative with myself. So I call them lies. Why yeah. am I telling myself all these lies? You said that to me before too. And I'm like, oh, but then it's so true. Because it means we're not being honest because obviously we can afford to not do it because we've been not doing it. Even right. when we're like, we're going to go out of business. It's still a lot. We may go out of business, 
But the whole like urgency behind it is still alive because we've been not doing it for all the months or years we've been procrastinating. What's different about today? We're going to whip ourselves a little harder and make ourselves move into action. No. So, um, so if you can, can do some journaling and get underneath the fear and practice shifting instead of, I can't, I have to practice shifting. I mean, not even just to, I get to, but when I think differently, when I think from abundance, what does this make possible? And that gives me chills at another level because we think so small when we're in scarcity too. And we're like, if I just get this one thing or on this magazine cover or this one key client or lose this weight or whatever, it's so small. And when we go to abundance, it's like, wait, that's just a tiny little piece that really doesn't matter. Like what's possible? when I step into that other place and it takes practice and it takes a lot of awareness about your current thinking. It does. I, you know, but it, even just you saying that makes me feel just what's possible as yeah. opposed to, I got to get this thing, you know, yeah, so what's possible feels like in, when you're talking about like the work of going into your body, when you think what's possible, it feels real expansive and open. Right. And oh, when you think does. from scarcity, it's like, even how you feel it in your body, it's like tight. And it's like, like almost like you, like you can see me, other people can't see me, but almost like you're like closed, you're hunkered down on it and you're yeah. forcing it. Oh. And that's a completely different energy from like the expansiveness of abundance thinking. Right. Abundance all setting. Okay. So those, huh, okay. Right. I'm already, I learned some. <laughs> I know it is not easy to do this work, right? It, no, it is hard. a class when you dig into this. Topic. It is. It is. So I don't want to go like so far out there, but you know, the force of the scarcity and abundance idea. I like that a lot. It resonates because I think the goals, if we work to set from a mind of what's possible is just, that is enough right there. Just think about what's possible rather than getting that thing. Yeah. So, and I like that so much better than the, what I used to say so much more was like the go big or, or go home kind of thing. Yeah. But I think, I think where we really get stuck there is our beliefs around it being unrealistic and pie in the sky. And I think this little tweak, this little kind of shift in semantics and wording of what's possible and even like what's possible right now or what's possible next, like even just that shift just opens you up in a way where a lot of times we try to go from where we are to this humongous goal or dream. And so it's so far reaching that we can't, we can't like cut, we can't bridge that gap. It's too big of a gap. But when you come back kind of to yourself and you're like, what, if I shift my thinking, what's possible right now? Your brain may say not nothing. nothing. And then your brain is going to be like, well, nothing's been possible. So it's not, but let me right. ask you this, Toby, if you, when you're talking about that, are you saying then to set smaller goals, maybe, you know, have a big dream, but maybe set a goal that like, if, for instance, with um, if you have something you're wanting to download, have people download or sell or whatever, you launch a product and you're like, okay, um, if I could just get 10 today because I did none yesterday, yeah. instead of saying, I want a thousand people to do this today, tomorrow, that's maybe like, could be, it could be real. Well, I think, you can, I think looking over some different periods of time, because I think also when we're like, well, if I get 10 tomorrow and we set ourselves up for failure, I mean, yeah. so, so you have to be careful with that. But I think looking at a little bit bigger time frame can be helpful. Okay. So I love to look at, you know, what's, and we, of course, you and I are huge Tony Robbins fans and he always, <laughs> are. He always says, 
most people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in 10 years. And I think yes. that's so true. Yeah. But the scarcity piece of it won't even let us imagine 10 years because we're like, I got to have it yesterday. And so I think the, the radical self-love I'm practicing, the we're right on time, things are, can be slow, it's all on time in the short run. And knowing that the, the bigger picture of what you can accomplish in a, in a bigger period of time is going to happen. So I totally have big, big goals. Like we have a goal right now for our company to impact 10,000 women with, within the next 10 years with our content yes. and to um, help create 25,000 seven-figure businesses for women in the wow. next, I mean, 2,500, not thousand, 10,000 people, 2,500, 2,500 would be a big number. Right. 2,500 businesses help wow. them get to seven figures in the next 10 years. Okay. So that. those are lofty goals. They're big goals, but they don't scare me because I'm looking at 10 years. So then we have to look and go, okay, well, how many are we helping create right now? Right. And it might be like one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. And that's enough because if we don't do one, we can't do 2,500. But if you do one, you know, you can do 2,500. Right. That's, yeah. that's, that is the beauty of what you're saying is that setting those goals that are reality is that, or, you know, kind of where you, your mind can wrap around them. If you just right. say, well, I'm going to do 2,500 people, but you've never done one. You don't right. really believe it. Once no. you get that one person and you're like, wow, I did it this way. So now you just rinse and repeat, right? Right, right. And or you look at it and you say what worked, what didn't right. work, what can be improved upon. Um, yeah. If we tweak, if we fiddle with this little part, how many do we get? Okay, that got us to eight, but we got to go to 2,500. And, and it, but it, not in a hurry. And then ultimately, if we get to 10 years and we go, well, we created 300, not 25. Hundred, I'm still totally happy with 300 millionaires. That's yeah, so you're not saying yeah, you're, that's you're a lot of women. You've impacted themselves. a lot. Right. Um, uh, the other thing too, and I I I realize this about myself, and probably a lot more people than I even know are this way. In order for me to really reach a goal and just do it, I have to have a designated end game, like an end time. Like I have yeah. to have a a, a point where I'm like, I will have this done by this time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you and I talked about having, you know, if you say you're going to have 2,500 women by 10, 10 years that are making seven figures. So you, you have told me in the past, and I don't know, this may have changed, but you need to know, like, so how many does that mean per right. reverse engineer it? Yes. Yeah. So, I, so, so there, this is kind of an interesting, um, like, mental game that you have to understand is that you have to have a, um, a firm deadline that you hold loosely <laughs> right. firm and, loose. and here's the difference. You hold it firm in the short run. Yes. But you measure it periodically, not daily, like okay. quarterly mm -hmm. or twice a year or at the end of the year, and you take all the feedback in and the looseness comes in, okay, do we need to readjust now? And so, because again, it's the same thing as the arbitrary picking 20K and not hitting it. Like you gotta pick the 20K to even get started. Get but if you get zero, 
then you also have to hold it loosely enough that you don't make it mean anything and that you take the feedback in and you're willing and able and confident enough to go, well, we thought we could do this in 10 years. It's now going to take 20. We're totally okay with that. Yeah. I love um, that. You know, I, I'm going to give an example of what I think in a small case, uh, just in a personal example huh. this morning, I had us down for our zoom call for our interview and I had my morning and I thought if I get up, early and I get my meditation and my journaling and my positive podcast in, I'm going to work out at eight. I'll be back home by nine and I'm going to work out. And I put that on my calendar, but then I put that is flex time because mm -hmm. what happened was, you know, I got involved in a project that I was doing and I had that as flexible. So, but I now moved it to where I'm going to work out as soon as our, you know, interview. So it's sort of like just having that, that goal but being flexible with it so you don't beat yourself up if you don't reach it, but then making it, moving it to where it's possible. Yeah. And I think the difference in what you would do and what a lot of people let, I don't feel like it happen is that I don't feel like it just makes it go away altogether. And you already had a block at nine or nine and you also had a block at 11. Right. And so they're both there. It's not like I've got a bunch of other stuff at 11 and then I'm going to also decide that I don't feel like it at Great 11 point. because then you'll consistently not show up for yourself. So you can say I may, and this is where my radical self-love concept comes into yeah. I may do it at 9 a.m. and I'm going to put it as optional there. But the truth is I may want to do something else and I'm going to be willing to listen to my body. But my non-negotiable is no matter what, it will be done by noon. So I'm also going to hold a block at 11. I because we'll Perfect. consistently just keep opting out of the things we say we really want because of that I don't feel like it, right? Yeah, so true. I love that. that you, because we have to you know, we do have to hold ourselves accountable, you know? Um, and, and if we don't, then we're just islands floating in a, you know, an ocean with no, you know. Yeah. Well, and then we just have a, a islands floating with even more negative self-talk. Oh gosh. Okay. So let, let me ask you this question because I know that there are you, you know, cause we talked about you work with a lot of creatives. Um, mm -hmm. Now you are, you, you do a lot yourself. Um, there are things that I am not as good at when it comes to business. And I, and I know that you're going to say that's a thought, but there <laughs> are some things, <laughs> would it be better for me to hire that out as a creative? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Totally. That, then that so here's what I think. Here's what I really think. I think you should actually build a business where you hire every single thing out, potentially all of it. Love it. Because the minute you do, you detach that like ego part of you that's getting all your worthiness from the doing. And that's what I see so many creatives stuck in that can't grow their business because they're getting all their, even though it's painful as heck, they're yeah. getting all their validation and worthiness from the doing, even if they're doing it late or behind or flying by the seat of their pants or whatever. So what I've learned over the years is if you can build a business where you completely work yourself out of the business in theory and on paper and build a business that can financially support that, then you get to come back in from that place of abundance and say, now, which places and parts of this business am I going to cherry pick to get to be in because they light me up because I, yeah. not because I have to, but because I want to. And that is a completely different kind of business than this other one that is just will, will kill you. It will take such a toll on you. 
Okay. All right. That is a great answer for that. I'm glad you said that. I was, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what you were going to say on that. Okay. So then, um, you take giant leaps. I've seen you do this and you are, you know, often you just work until it, it is successful. How do you manage the anxiety? Um, do you have anxiety? Do you have those yes. nerves? And yes. how do you manage that? Because I'm, you know, it's, that's scary sometimes. Yeah. So that's a practice. Um, the main way I manage it is, um, through journaling, okay. which is the thought work for me. Um, because I come from, um, a, a life coach school training and background that teaches you and not just that it's in, gosh, you know, everywhere. It's been around forever to understand that our thoughts create our feelings. Right. Oh. Um, and so if our, if our thoughts create our feelings, that is very important information because what most of us think is the circumstance creates our feelings, right? We're like the lack of money creates our feeling. No, what you think about the lack of money. Because if you think, okay, means. yeah, it would be nice to have it right now, but it's fine. We got time. The bills are paid or whatever. Or I, I know that if I get freaked out about the money, then I'm going to shut myself down. You have to start to understand that the thoughts, and there's a lot of them. Honestly, this is getting out of my head and into my body is crazy work because there are so many thoughts up there. Yeah. Um, and so really, um, really that of understanding what's creating the anxiety. Cause it's all the same things. What if I fail? What if I look stupid? What if I go out of business? What if I, uh, this one is huge to me, which is so hilarious. What if I try something and it doesn't work and I've wasted a lot of time Yeah. because the alternate to that is people sitting around wasting time, doing nothing, trying not to waste time by failing. They're right. like, I don't want to waste any time if that didn't work. So let me just sit over here and do nothing for weeks and weeks and think about it and create more problems, right? So it's just really getting keen awareness about the thoughts that are creating that anxiety. And then the yeah. second piece of it that's been the most important piece, honestly, is allowing the anxiety to be there and not trying to get rid of it. Because we think okay. it's not supposed to be there, which goes back to the arguing with reality. Right. We think it's, I'm not supposed to feel anxious. I'm not, something's wrong. And what I've learned to go, nothing's wrong. You're trying to do big things. You're trying to create lots of money. You're putting yourself out there. You're being vulnerable. Like anxiety is a perfectly normal feeling to go with every one of the things you're choosing. So you got to connect those and go, isn't it funny, even in goal setting, that I'm choosing stuff that is naturally going to create anxiety, but I want the anxiety to go away. <laughs> it's like, I, I want the thing, that. but I don't want the feeling, right? Yeah. And so understanding and just going, it's like, it's so totally okay. It's literally a vibration in my body. It is getting and comfortable with that discomfort yeah. Um, so that you recognize that it, that maybe moves you to do something. It may be, it just, you a little bit. nothing's wrong. Like you said earlier, nothing is wrong. Right. Like it's exactly the feeling that goes with the thoughts I'm thinking that also go with something I actually want to be choosing. Right. And that's so, okay. Right. We're creating that, you know, yeah. and, and so we, we know it's coming and that was my, my thing is that you, how do you handle it? And I like the journal, you know, journaling to me when, when I write down my feelings and I do a free, I don't know how you journal, but I do a free journal. So I don't have one that kind of identifies questions for me. I just journal. And me so I, I write down thoughts and when I write them down, sometimes I'm like, that was so silly. You know, that thought, yeah 
is so silly. It's not true. And, and once you look at it on paper, you're like, wow, that's really not true. And so journaling and meditation to me are so huge for those reasons. They've helped well, me. And I think, anything. I think asking the right questions too, because what we, what we're really asking, cause I've asked it so many times the same way you're asking, you really aren't asking. And I wasn't either like, how do we handle anxiety? We're really asking, how do I make anxiety go away? Yeah. Right. And the problem is in the wanting it to go away instead yeah. of being okay with it being there, right? Because so the only problem with anxiety is the resistance to and it. the story we're telling ourselves. Yeah, the resistance to the anxiety and the story we're telling ourselves about the anxiety. It shouldn't be here. This feels horrible. Why am I feeling this way? I don't want to feel this way. Like this, this loop. And, and so the question is not, how do I make anxiety go away? The question is, how do I let anxiety be there and not make it mean anything? I like that so much. Oh my gosh, yes. And you know, this kind of, it, it eases right back, right into the next question because I, I handle anxiety by distracting myself. And right. um, I'm good at it good at handling anxiety by distracting myself. So, and it's, and it's not distractions like you would think, like I don't go and, you know, do the normal distractions. Like I, I can't even think of it, but like eating or anything like that yeah. or working. Uh, pick up a book. It's working. It's picking up a book. You talk about it. It's, you know, I, I love to consume. And so how do you handle distractions and what would you say are common distractions that we may not realize we have? Well, Honestly, the only distractions are our thoughts. <laughs> like the only distractions are our thoughts. We think the internet's our distraction or food is our distraction or shopping is our distraction, but those are actually only our actions that come from the thoughts we're thinking, right? And so the interesting thing, it does. Yeah, it goes back to our, everything's about our yes. thoughts. It goes back to what we were saying too, because first of all, distracting from anxiety is still believing the anxiety shouldn't be there. Right. So it's like, I can't get rid of it. So let me cover it up. And the yeah, thing about that is, avoid it. When you, yeah, avoid it. And when you, when you stop avoiding it and whatever thing is over, then you have the job, it's going to show up again. And then you have to distract. It's literally like the whack-a-mole thing. Like you have it to is. constantly stay in the busyness of distracting yourself, which is not freedom at all. No, it's, it's, no, it's right? not. Toby, it's so true. You know, the, the anxiety, then it just keeps growing, you know, and that's, that is the point that I think for me, and I've wor I'm working on setting a timer for my distractions, you know, yeah. um, like well, I'll, here's the other thing I want to say about distractions. So two things I've learned about distractions. One uh, is that what we just said is that like, wh what are we, you know, what are we trying to cover up yeah. and why? And then the second one to me, that's, it's all, it's equally important and revealing is, um, what is the distraction trying to tell me? Okay. I because like if you're constantly saying, I don't want to be working, I don't want to be doing what's on my schedule, I don't want to be feeling this way, like there's some deep information, there's some deep wisdom in saying, what am I distracting myself from? Because to me, a lot of times the honest answer is, I don't really be, want to be doing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing if I'm totally honest with myself, or at least I don't want to be doing it in the way that I'm telling myself it has to be done. 
Right, right. And so to me, if you're like, oh, fascinating. Oh, I'm so curious why I'm doing this thing again. It's not, it's not whack-a-mole whack the distraction. It's listen to it and see what information it's trying to tell you. Because that oh, is the problem. Oh, so good. Because, you know, the one thing I find, like with my podcast, it's, I, I love it so much. I don't ever need a distraction from it, right? When I'm, right. when I'm walk, doing my Monday, you know, monologue or whatever, I'm always so curious and so interested. And so like, what would people benefit from? What is on the minds of, you know, the people listening yeah. to me right now? And so, and I, and I just love doing that so much. And then, so the distractions come from when I'm thinking about things that take a lot of effort for me. You know? Well, right. And so to me, then that begs a question that we don't believe is even possible and we're afraid to look at. So for example, I love reading like you do. I read a ton. Right. And so if the only time we get to read is sort of when we're being rebellious and not doing what we're quote supposed to be doing, okay. like that sort of even taints the reading. It almost right. makes you feel like you're being a bad girl to be reading. And so what I would love, love to look at with that's the situation that's coming up for me is, oh, interesting. If I'm perfectly honest with myself, I actually want to read for three hours every day during the middle of the day. How do I create a business that makes X amount of dollars while I get to read three hours a day? And your brain immediately is going to go, well, that's not possible. I have to be working. And that's when you just keep going, why? Why do I have to be working? Why does that have to be me? Why is this not possible? And we get to the root of creating the actual life we want to be living because the one we want to be living, we have all these stories about why it's not good enough. It's not worthy enough. It's not busy enough. It couldn't possibly be, you know, allowed. And I want you to question and say, whatever we course, want. of course yeah. it can be. we can do whatever we want and still make yeah. money while that's, we're doing it, not trade off the money for the reading. But and I want to say this, you're reading all that. There are people listening right now that will say that's not possible, you know, right. or you're not being real or right. that isn't being real. And I can just say that isn't true. It is. Well, the beauty is possible. noticing if you think that's not possible, you will be right. That's true. Right. But stop, that's, that's the whole point of thought work. And I think this right. is what this whole thing has come down to is, is every single one of us has, you know, has work to do on our thoughts. And if we don't have something that we think we want, you got to figure out what thought it is. Well, right. Cause I'm not willing to accept for my own life that that's not true. Right. Cause I'm not willing to give up that life I want to create. So as long as I say, well, that's not true. And she lives in la la land and must be nice. She must have a lot of money or she must have a lot of whatever, or her husband must pay the bills or her dad or whatever <laughs> the stories are. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. Whatever those stories are. Mm -hmm. That is just your fear talking because you're not willing to really trust and believe that that's possible for you. So you will be right. You will be okay. right. And so that's the whole point, like you said, of thought work and mind management to go, oh, fascinating. The thing I actually want, if I'm honest, I've already decided is not possible. Like that's, that is hell to me. Ooh, yeah. Like why would I want to live there instead of going, I might not believe it now, but I'm going to figure this out because it is, ab I can find evidence of some people even people that look like me, whatever I am, my gender, my race, my whatever, I can find people who have created enough money that they actually can live the lifestyle. I Absolutely. Want you can. And that's, that is a great point is that if you're thinking that 
you know, then, uh, then maybe hunt those people down because as Tony says, you know, this is why I love my Wednesday wisdom is because success leaves clues. And if you don't think it's possible, find someone who's done it, you know, and do it and follow what they're doing because more than likely they are talking about it. They're, um, posting about it. They're, they've written a book about it. So, you know, and the number one thing they're probably saying is you got to start with, with what you're thinking and, and notice yep. you're telling yourself it's not possible. Get that right. Get that head straight. <laughs> um, so, all right. So here, here, you know, this is another one. We keep going back to business, you know, because I, love the fact of your business mind. I always like to pick your, your business mind. So what, do, what qualities, you know, powerhouse entrepreneur is such a good word. And I think you are one. Um, what qualities do you think that it takes to be a powerhouse entrepreneur? Because I, you know, I think that there's a lot of probably miss, you know, thoughts about that. Is that a word? Miss yeah. thoughts? Yeah. What would you think? What's I mean, I really think it's, it's so much of what we've been talking about. It's two things. The qualities you have to have is the mind management, even to the degree of questioning everything you believe and why. Um, and the willingness to fail, repeat, quote, fail repeatedly, knowing it's just feedback. I, love I mean, that. those are the only two things required, literally. And people think that it's this long list and there's all these secrets and they're outside of me and I should go find the gurus that have them. And no, we're just not, we're not managing our own minds and we're not willing to, you know, which is part of the mind management, willing to choose to believe that the failure is feedback. And that, those that's so alone. clear and yeah. so precise and so yeah. valuable to know that two things make a powerful, a powerhouse entrepreneur. And I, I couldn't agree more with you on that mind management and the willingness to fail. Every because money, the whole money thing is mind management and the willingness yeah. to try something and fail at it. Like everything we're like, well, I got to make the money and I got to have the team and I got to like, you know, not be exhausted. Every bit of that is mind management and willingness to fail. Every, there's not a single one we could find and put up against those two criteria that it would, that I believe. You're absolutely it right. I mean, that's a hundred percent accurate. I love the answer to that. And, and every single person out there, if they're thinking about it, you know, I always think there's something you were born to do and there's something your inner guidance system knows you're innately good at that you were born to do. And if you are willing to go with that mind management and you're willing to fail and you're willing to, to do the work, to find that thing that you're innately good at, the money will follow, the um, fulfillment will follow, everything follows that. If well, and, and just to be clear too, the mind management does not mean shove ourselves into a box and whip ourselves into submission. Right. It actually means questioning everything. Like we've right. been talking about, why do I want this? Why am I doing this? Why am I believing my own thinking? Why am I believing this is not possible? Why am I believing my validation and worthiness comes from like the way I've worked in the past? Why am I like, we literally have to be willing to question notice. And then the most important piece, and, and that's why I love the thought model that I learned at the life coach school, just puts it in a little framework because the whole point of mind management is even to me less about creating the thoughts that get you to your future self. And even more importantly, understanding, truly understanding the results that your current thoughts and feelings are creating for you. 
because we think whatever our current results are is happening to us. We don't think we're creating this version of us. And we don't like to think we're creating this version of us. But the truth is we are absolutely creating well, the current version of us. And we're the only person that can create the future version of us. But we want to skip the yucky part right now of what we're currently creating and go straight out to the future where it seems all sunny and amazing. And you're not ready for that. If you're not no, there, you gotta you're go not ready for it. Why have I created my current situation? Not beating myself up, just looking at the facts. When I do this, I feel this. When I think this, I feel this. I do this and I create this. So currently, if I have not enough money in my, you know, compared to what I want um, to pay the bills or whatever, and notice if not enoughness is truly not enoughness or if it's scarcity, but like if I truly need X dollars and I don't have it, or I created zero, what was I thinking, feeling, and doing to create zero? I got to get awareness about that or I'll just keep doing the same thing. It right? goes back to yeah. all, all of that thought work, you know, and, and asking the right questions is such a good thing that you said, making sure we're asking the right questions. You know, I was listening open -ended to questions. Ask yes, open ended open, questions. Open -ended when we questions. ask like yes, no questions, like that yeah. just shuts us down. When we're like, am so I good much. enough? Nope. Nope. I'm sure not. No, no, I'm not. Let's, let's end this now. Um, why am so, I not good enough or why am I good enough is a much better question and to yes. see what you're thinking. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast and this is a, kind of on a side note, but along the same tone um, to Russell Brunson. And he was talking about three questions that he loves to ask everyone that's in his life. And I've actually taken it up for myself and you may have heard this. Uh, you may I don't have. No, okay, I can't wait so, to hear he asked his wife and his business partners and anyone that he's kind of working with that he's interested in. He was like, what is it? He asked his children this as well. And I, it's so powerful. Hmm. What is it that you would like for me to keep doing? If he's talking, oh, I think I have heard yeah. this. Yeah. What is it that you would like for me to stop doing? Stop doing. And what is it that you'd like for me to start doing? Start doing. Those yeah. three questions to me, if you, you could even ask yourself them. And well, totally. Yeah. Because you've got to ask yourself because otherwise you, you, I mean, it's important to know what all those people think, but then you also have to separate the people pleasing version of you, right. which gives you worthiness there from what you really want. Right. But sometimes it's eye opening. You know, you and I both cool. worked with, um, creation studios and I gave this to Donnie and I said, I, I really would like to hear your, 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 what you have to say about this because mm -hmm. his insight was really good. So, you know, for me, just knowing that, um, you know, cause, and I talked about it with my husband as well. And we just, it helped us to really understand some of the things that maybe we have a blind um, spot for ourselves. Yeah. Well, and, and you have to be courageous. Like when you think uh, about the actual yeah. experience of handing that to someone yeah, else and not thinking they're, quote feedback and knowing feedback isn't failure like it takes a brave very self-aware person to be able to do this um on the and level I used to not accept criticism like i used to really struggle with taking criticism and you know i think it maybe is from you know long i don't know what it was from who knows you know you can carry your story for whatever but yeah. i i now encourage it now i'm like no, no, don't. I don't ever want yeah. anybody to tell me what I want to hear. Tell me all the things. Tell all me what things. you, tell me what you think. Yes. Like if you think something's really good, tell me, but if you think it's not good, 
I want to know that too, because that's okay. And, it, and I may disagree with you. I might right. be like, nope, it's good. And I know it's good. And for me, it's good. But yeah, and oftentimes we know the things that are on each end of the spectrum, you kind of yeah. can toss out a little bit yeah. or tamp down a little bit. And then yeah. kind of everything in the middle probably is a whole lot of truth telling that you actually need to hear. Yes. Um, so our true. ego loves, it actually thrives on both. It thrives on the like yep. super high winds and patting ourselves on the back. And it also thrives on in the, the <laughs> yeah, the whipping, the being like beating yourself up because then it has like a purpose right. to go back right. and like, do all this work. And so you kind of have to, so you have to take it um, and sort of understand it that neither of That's those true. are true, probably. There's something, there's truth in everything, but they're not 100% true. Right. And you have to be very careful when you, who you give that to, you know what I mean? Like you have to Correct. trust the people and also you have to trust yourself enough to be able to decipher between the ones that you feel ring true to you just because someone else says it doesn't make it. True. And I think as I'm thinking this through, if you would honestly do the work yourself, you won't be that surprised by what a lot of people say. If you were, oh, no, I probably already honest, knew everything. Yeah, like we're talking about um, that we're yeah. trying to run from or hide from or distract ourselves from. If we were real about that, we would probably already know the answer. Yeah. You're so, um, to so be honest, so the, the thing I wrote this down earlier um, in case it came up when you were asking me, but a lot of the deep work, I'm currently doing is stemming from watching my 15 year old daughter listening to listening to her feedback of me wow watching her um, learn to navigate the world and in so many ways she is so much more brave than me which is wow. blows my mind yes. she is so much less and maybe that's part of like when you're a teenager you can, you are rebellious, but like, there's so much learning for me when she's like balking at something that I want her to do or believe about her or for her or whatever. I, I'm learning so much in that. Um, when I put expectations or thoughts on her, like, what is my motivation from? Where did this story come from for me? Who taught me that I was supposed to be this way? Um, and maybe was I even like when I was her age, did I even want to be this way? And, or did I just start like sort of get tamed, almost like Glennon Doyle, uh, did I get tamed into right. this? And so watching her sort of untamed self is so revealing to me and it's pushing me to a lot of personal growth. Like I'm not even, not that I'm talking to her about it. It's not like we're in this big discussion. I'm yeah. literally watching and witnessing and feeling the pushback and watching her step into like her be own beliefs. And she's, I mean, I'm sure we would be shocked to know she's very much an independent thinker and has her own ideas That's about not. everything, <laughs> which are almost all the opposite. Of, not, not, really. She's not strong-willed at all. <laughs> They're 50% opposite. I mean, a lot we align on, but a lot of it we don't. And so like yeah. using that, and that's kind of what you're saying right there, like using that as a mirror to yourself. And so many people don't. They're like, my kid is awful. Teenagers are horrible. This is miserable. And I'm, I'm, I'm literally every time, every day, she is like this mirror into my soul and it helps me go, what, what am I supposed to learn from this? What am I, what is this revealing to me? Um, That's and it's so good. It amazing. That's it is so, so good. good and so powerful because, you know, if you ask yourself questions all day and that's, I've been working on that a lot is what does this, what am I making this mean? You know, what am I learning right. from this? What yeah. can I, and I, so I'm constantly trying to ask myself those good questions rather than, 
you know, questions like you said that can be lead down a path to to no good. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, some of the biggest things that I'm that because when you have a child, it, you are afraid of everything. You're like, they're gonna die. They're gonna die in a car wreck. They're gonna die this afternoon. They're gonna be abducted. Like, and then you can go, okay, if I can handle those fears and reframing those mindsets then how do I use that same skill set to go out and tackle something gigantic in my life? Because it's the exact same thing. Right. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's just all the just fears. It's thoughts. Yeah. It's thoughts okay. that are more than likely never going to happen. And right. I, I did a podcast. And on if they do, you can't do anything about it. That's right. Nothing. You have no control over it. Is that, right. you know, how many of your worst thoughts, how many of your worst thoughts have ever come to fruition? Right. Not like, Probably right. not. Almost never. <laughs> but let's be honest, we're all going to die. Yes. Every one of us. Yep. We, we have no idea when. And we oh, can no. live in this like fear and this illusion of control till the end of time. And we will still be wrong about everything we think we're trying to protect ourselves from. That's right. right. And that, that's the whole thing is that we have to remember that we're just, no, nobody's perfect. Nobody's doing life better than you. You are a perfect version of who. Yeah you are. Um, so that brings back, and we have literally, because we work together, talked for eight hours in the day before, and I, I love that so much, and I feel like well, this will probably go eight hours, and people will be like, okay, we're going to have to, this is now going to be a weekly thing. All right, so um, here, here you have your host of the Design New Podcast, which is really, really yeah. good, and people that are in creatives in business, or even just not even a creative in business should be listening to that podcast because there's so much good stuff. But is there another podcast, Toby, that you're listening to that we should be listening to? Um, interestingly enough, because I have been doing such deep work, I've also been re, um, you know, considering the podcast I'm listening to and searching for a lot of new ones. And I listen to a lot of things. So I, Right this minute, I don't know that I can say specifically one that's jumping out at me. I'm trying okay. to think. Um, I mean, I've been doing a lot of um, social justice work, anti-racism work. I've been doing a ton, right, of, spiritual, a ton of spiritual work. Um, I've done, like, I listen to political podcasts, believe it or not, wellness, mindset, business, making money. Um, and because I'm questioning everything sort of in life again right now at a deep, deep level, um, I'm kind of more in the searching of individual episodes and content right now yeah, more okay. than I am like listening. But if I opened up my, um, podcast app, which I can do, and I have a lot that I'm subs uh, subscribed to. Yeah. Um, tell, us, tell us what the first one that pops up is. Okay. Well, I just added some last night that I haven't listened to yet. So let oh, me okay. see what the first one is that I actually listen to consistently. Um, I just added a ton of stuff. So one of the things I've been listening to is this podcast on um, called Seen on Radio, and there's a 14-part series about seeing white, which is uh, okay. like essentially the true history of okay. Black and and Indigenous people in America, and like the untold story. So that's been it's it's kind of NPR style. It's done really well. Seen on Radio. Uh, seen S C E N E like a movie. Okay. Oh, okay. Seen okay. On radio. All right. um, I think it's season two that has the Seeing White series. Okay. Um, other things, I'm always listening to the Life Coach School podcast. I know. Um, <laughs> she's, Britt Castillo always. is, uh, she is, oh, she's so good. 
I love, um, and this will be controversial to anyone who's like fundamental Christian. I'm Christian, but not fundamental. I'm progressive Christian. And so I love Rob Bell and the Robcast. Rob Bell. Uh, Rob Bell. Um, he's kind of a controversial figure in religion. Um, I love the way he thinks. That's um, so interesting to me um, that, that you have such a wide variety, but you know what? It speaks to what you were saying earlier is that you're going through this whole um, spiritual awakening and maybe yes, birth totally. of who you yeah. are and what you thought and what you're doing. And so each one of these things probably is speaking to you and it's narrowing down the path of what you think your life is yeah. going to eventually end up being. Totally. Um, and I love the Brene Brown podcast. Uh, yes, yes, so good. Um, she just you know, did one recently where she had an ask me anything, um, where she was doing ask. Yeah, me. she has like part one and part two. I haven't That's listened so to those, good. but that, I will. Those are really good. You would, you would enjoy those. Um, I think the fascinating too thing about what you just said of like this sort of awakening that I'm going through. And I almost like that term better than rebirth, because the truth is Everything I'm leaning into has been in my spirit for as long as I can remember. Okay. Um, and it's more like having the guts to, to align outwardly to the world. What's what I've sort of been hiding. Like, it's almost like I think for so long we have two versions of ourselves or multiple versions of ourselves. And as we age uh -huh. and as we go through life experiences and hardships and traumas and all the things that as we, we do, care less what people think, maybe yeah, we start yeah. to say it's so much effort to be two people. And yeah. I just want to be one. So it's more of like an integration of self. Um, you know, what? And, you'll, you'll, yeah. you'll, it'll be come off as so authentic though. When you do that, like I, I have found that for me with my podcast, and I'm sure that you're finding this too, is that when I'm being authentically who I am, yeah. Uh, and, 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 and not worrying about what anybody else thinks right. it comes out so perfectly, you know, it's I like, agree. it's just me and it may not be perfect to anyone in this world, but me, but it's coming out the way I want to hear it and the way I, you know, and, and it, I don't know, it feels good. Well, I agree because are. anytime you're doing things based on what other people think or are going to think of you, it's at the cost of what you think of you. Right. Um, every time. And so at some point, hopefully like the goal, I think in life, in our life journey is to get closer and closer to the integrated version of ourselves. Right. 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 Get, yeah. get into, get into who you were born to be and who yeah. you knew you were gonna be. And, and because I truly believe this and I, you know, you can tell me if you think I'm wrong on this. I think that most people that are ambitious and driven that are high performance have this version of themselves that they know is always been possible. And it may not be, it may not look anything like what you were trained to do. It may not look like anything like what Lovely. your path or journey, you know, yeah. started out as, but there's something that, like you said, is drawing you like a, it's like a magnet. magnet. Yes. And when you are towards that, you'll know it and it will be consistent. Well, yeah. Because, because the reason that the one we dreamed of didn't look like that is because the only way we dreamed of the one that we ha were trying to put together was by looking outside of ourselves to other people. And we're like, well, maybe it's a little bit of this person and maybe it's a little bit of that person and maybe it is or maybe it isn't, but we couldn't, we couldn't see, yeah. um, like in a sense to me, that is exactly what God is. Like we can't, we don't know, we can't describe it. It's uncertain, but like it is there and it's it, a feeling. It, 
Yes, like you evolve into that. And so I agree with that completely. I love that. I think it's so beautiful. And, and yeah, I just, um, well, that's exciting for you. I'm excited about that. And, um, I have one last question that I love to ask because it's, I get so many varying answers that are so good. Um, you have created this whole life and you have a lot of wisdom that you've built and knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to yourself when you were just starting out? Oh, that's so good. Let me think. Okay. Um, I mean, gosh, it's a lot of the, it's a lot of what I'm doing right now. I mean, honestly, I think love, love yourself, like unconditional love for yourself is imperative to this journey. It is imperative and it is very difficult to do. Especially. Oh, it's, we're so conditional. Yeah. Like we're so, yeah. I'm not, I mean, that's where the not enoughness comes from. So, so love yourself. unconditional love for yourself, um, which I'm calling radical self-love. And would you say today. to do that, like to love, truly love yourself, would you say that people need to do that you know, what would be a couple things they could do? Like, like, I think journaling, meditation, um, truly loving yourself means you have to be okay with forgiving yourself for mistakes you've made in the past and accepting that who you are is beautiful and perfect. Yeah. The, 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 the way I've learned to love myself is to do honestly a lot of studying and reading about why our, um, which could get into a whole other long podcast that I don't even know if I'm like ready to, to talk about, (laughs) um, but like understanding where, the thoughts we have about ourselves come from. Right. And a lot of it is political. A lot of it's patriarchal. A lot of it is spirit, religious, not spiritual, religious, whether we're religious or not, it comes from a lot of man-made systems. Sure. Um, I very so, spiritual. I mean, a very religious, not, not yes. spiritual. I don't, believe that to be true. Um, a very religious. And so a lot of my mindset, cause we've talked a lot about the mindset, you know, where you can have a very rigid mindset, and, yes. but then as you get older, you get to decide, you know, you, and now, I didn't even know, I had no right. idea until I started doing the work that even the, the, the hate for our bodies as women comes from patriarchal, even religious um, expectations of what men and women (laughs) all of it. Right. Um, and so, so it takes some work and I don't know that you can even get there, but if you could just start that, if you could, if I could plant the seed when I was younger, I mean, I honestly, it's so interesting because the things we would want to plant in us when we were young, I don't think are even available to us until we take the journey. It's so, it's Um, true. You, you know, I think as children, you know, they're the purest, and at that point, their little brains, you know, I've been reading Joe Dispenza's I love Joe Dispenza. of the brain. I know it's so interesting. But Which book are you reading? The, um, evol- the brain and its involvement. Okay. How, how the brain evolves. I can't even remember the name of the book, but it's so good and so deep. But it talks about how things are hardwired into your brain as a society. I mean, as p- humans, we have uh-huh. things that are hardwired and then then we have things that are kind of softwired by our generation. So like our ancestors and things that where it's softwired. So you can kind of see where people have these tendencies and, you know, it's just, 
it's so interesting to me that you can right. change who you are. You can change it. It's possible because your right. brain will let you. It's just right. you have to be able to say, okay, I want to be this and therefore I need to, you know, this is, these are the things I have to do to get there. Or, right. And I think for me, like if we can't totally have unconditional love for self at age 25 or 35, right. 15, like my daughter, which she, they have so much more at 15, even, though, even though we know teens are like, it's brutal and they're getting it beat oh. out of them every day, which is like the war zone they're in. Like they, it's still inherently there way more than it is for us when yes. we're in our twenties and thirties. Cause we've totally been agree. Yes. Sure. Um, but I think the, one of the, the, the second part of it for me, besides the unconditional love, and I think it gives you the sort of vehicle to do that is the whole idea of running your own race. Like your, your yes. race, your path, whichever way you want to say it is uniquely yours. And in so many ways you have to put the blinders on and we just keep trying to create. It's so fascinating. Like we want to be unique and we want to stand out because we believe that's how we become our best self and make the most money. Yet we constantly every day try to become homogenized, yes. be more like her and more like him. And no. we don't want to stand out because we were taught that that's uncomfortable and we might fail and people might judge us and make fun of us. So that work of knowing, no, my path. I mean, and that's a lot of what I'm learning from my daughter. Like she still has that in her. Like, no, you won't tell me what my path yes. is going to be. This that's your my, path. I'm going to create my this own path. This is my path. And so I if I could do anything, it would be to like nurture that piece of her and just, gosh, just, just, I don't know, create an incubator for that. Yes. Because if I, we could carry that through our 20s Wow. We could still have that. I was listening to a, um, an, an Abraham Hicks or an Esther Hicks mm -hmm. podcast. And she was talking to this woman who was saying her daughter had disappointed her. And she was like, I really am always working on my thoughts and, you know, I want everybody to be free and happy. And I just felt like when someone died in our family, she was very selfish. And she said, I don't want to have to deal with that in my life right now. I don't want to have to, to focus on that every day. And, you know, and she goes, well, I think you should be a little more sad about it. You know, and that's what she was And the, and Esther Hicks was like, so basically you want her to, to really stop being happy because why should she be happy when there's something bad going on? Right. And she was like, what are you teaching her? You know, this is, she's trying to follow her journey and her path and, and maybe we should let her, you know? Well, and also that's where I love to use that as a mirror. Like I said, because when I noticed as my daughter was growing into, she's five, eight, she's not small. She's not, she doesn't wear a size zero. Like a lot of the girls in her class, She's beautiful and she's just, she has this she like, that. I can she, tell you she that. Take up space in the world, right? And yeah. we've been taught to not take up space, to be invisible, to be small. And so when I saw her and even her physical body taking up more space on the planet than maybe I thought was going to be acceptable to other people, mm -hmm. it was the biggest shift for me in the most beautiful way of. I'm being conditional and judging what I think, not because I think she should change because I'm afraid of what the world's going to do to her because of the way she is. And, but what it did to me was say, how in the world can I love her and her physical body 
unconditionally because I was really beating myself up for about it. Like, how dare you judge? How dare, like that's going against women. That's going at, like, what is this? Like, this is patriarchy in Toby. Like, what right. is this? Right. And what I, what it was, was a mirror of me to say, until you love yourself and your body unconditionally, how in the world could you ever love hers that way? Yeah. You can't. So beautiful. Oh, yeah. so amazing. I'm telling oh. you, deep work, sister. Deep oh, work happening over here. Oh, good. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> about that for you. I really am. And I can't wait to see everything that comes from it because I know when Toby Fairley gets on a mission of deep work, it's going to be beautiful. So, <laughs> all right. Well, we have, this is probably going to, end up being two like version one Last version three two, which I'm totally <laughs> maybe, which I am totally fine with uh, it's been wonderful and I appreciate you very much because you made a lot of changes in my life and I know you're making so many changes positive in other women's lives too so uh, thank you will you tell real quick um where people could get to could work with you and what yeah. exactly it is that they need to do to follow you to work with awesome. you yeah so a great place to follow me is Instagram. I love Instagram. You can even send me direct messages on Instagram. Um, it's kind of like texting to me. I live there a lot. Um, but you can see all kind of the, um, the breadth of what I do in my life and business all there on the pages yes. of Instagram. Um, you can go to tobyfairly.com. We're working on currently re, um, re updating our sales page for our design you coaching program. It's fine as is. It will be way more, um, effective even in a few weeks because we're constantly refining it to the work that I'm doing with women and a few men. Um, and yeah. so that's at tobyfairly.com. Um, and then just, yeah, those two places should Your leave. Podcast, um, is on oh, the podcast, the pod, the design you podcast on iTunes is like all of this stuff that we're yes, talking about. It's all right together. Here. This, it, that, you yes. Interview some really, really cool people. So thank you. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so Instagram, it's Toby Fairly. At Toby Fairly. At yeah. Toby Fairly. And then Design You is the podcast, the name of your podcast, which is. And really the name cool. of the coaching program. Yes. Yes. And the coaching program. And as you Toby can imagine, Fairly. it's this whole idea of designing yourself, like design yes. you. Love that. I love that. you. It's, mm -hmm. it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's a beautiful phrase because you actually do help people design on themselves so oh, you've you. helped me as well and I appreciate that will forever appreciate you for that well thank you so much this has been amazing and fun and uh, I know we'll be working together for many years to come I just have that feeling so I know we will it's been nice talking to you and I hope you have a wonderful wonderful day is it it's you're in Arkansas so you're not too far from me is it uh, cooler there this week because it has been let me look I think it was supposed to be in the 80s this week yeah I hope Filtering. Here. Um, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. Okay, yeah. good. Well, have a wonderful <laughs> week and um, I'll be seeing you soon. Yes. I, I follow you on Instagram. So I always feel like I know everything you're doing, which is, I love it. <laughs> Thank you. See you All soon. All right, Toby. Bye-bye. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends because we're just going to keep going bigger and better places together. And I love that about us. Talk to you in a few days.